0: You gotta believe you work for the greatest company in the world. You gotta believe you offer the greatest products and services in the world. You gotta believe you're the greatest person in the world. And you gotta believe you can differentiate yourself from your competition, Mm -hmm. not compare yourself to them. Because when you compare, it's price. When you differentiate, it's value. You gotta believe that the customer is better off having purchased from you. And you can't believe it in your head. You have to believe it in your heart. Head is attached to price, heart is attached to wallet. And if you jerk on the heart string, the wallet comes popping right out of that back pocket.
1: So the big question is this, how do small business owners like us grow our leadership, develop our teams and scale our business in a way that allows us to get our products and services out to the world yet still remain profitable? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Bradley Hamner and this is The Club Capital Leadership podcast. Hey, before we get into today's episode, did you know that Club Capital is the largest accounting and advisory firm for insurance agency owners in the country, providing monthly accounting, CFO services, and tax preparation? Check them out at club.capital. Welcome to another episode of the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. My name is Bradley Hamner, your host, on today's episode, we have Jeffrey Gitomer. Jeffrey, he is the author of the New York Times bestseller, The Sales Bible, The Little Red Book of Selling, The Little Black Book of Connections, The Little Gold Book of Yes, so many other books. In fact, I asked him later on in the episode how many books he's written. He's written 17 books at this time. You may be familiar with his most famous book, The Little Red Book of Selling, and also his wildly popular podcast, Sell or Die Podcast. I really enjoyed this conversation with Jeffrey. One thing I love about him is he is authentically, unapologetically himself. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Jeffrey Gittimer. Have you ever tried online marketing before and wasn't sure if it was working? Maybe your rep talked about all the impressive features and stats and said things were going great, but you didn't know how all that tied into raw new policies written. Well, that's not the case with DirectClicks. DirectClicks is the premier Google Ads and SEO option exclusively for State Farm agents. Why? They're 100% percent results oriented with an exclusivity guarantee. Every review call you have with your account manager focuses on what really matters to your business, and that's leads and call-ins received. Everything will get broken down to cost per lead received. By investing with DirectClicks, you're going to free up time and energy to focus on what's most important in your agency and doing what it is you do best. This will be the best investment you make for your team by spending confidently and scaling your agency today with exclusive online marketing partner, DirectClicks. Visit us at directclicksinc.com. Ambition is the first step towards success. It's time to level up your agency. Sign up at coachpeakconsulting.com and get your first full month for free when you mention the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Jeffrey Gittimer, welcome to the Club Capital Leadership Podcast.
0: Thank you very kindly. It is a pleasure to be here, Bradley. I'm hopeful that I can deliver a message that will give people the opportunity to take my information out into the street and turn it into money.
1: Absolutely. Well, I have been a big fan of your podcast. And I have to tell you, when I first got, out of college. My very first job, I was selling yellow page ads and somebody recommended me your book, Little Red Book of Selling. And I remember sitting, true story, I remember sitting in a physician's office and I was reading that book and I ended up devouring it within like, I think a day or so. It really did help me early on in my sales career. So it's an honor to have you on. So I really want to ask you, we always start with background and origin story. So I know a lot of people are going to be familiar with you, but if they're not, why don't you just give a little bit of your background and origin story about how you got to where you are today, and then we'll get into it.
0: I got where I am today because I worked my ass off and because my parents were smart. They gave me brains and then I have to decide how I'm going to use it. Yes. Some people are smart, but they don't do good things. Ask anyone in politics. But I think that the challenge that your audience has right now is how can they use what i know to go out and make a sale Mm -hmm. now you don't really care that i cut my teeth selling in philadelphia and new york city but you don't want to know the details but if it wasn't for that i couldn't be doing this Mm -hmm. the little red book of selling could not have been written without cold calling in new york city for a number of years and making millions of dollars worth of sales so i would challenge anybody who is listening to pay close attention to the detail because that will help you win. Mm. And I'm sitting at my sofa here in Wild Dune, South Carolina, and I'm trying to profess the fact that you don't have to be aggressive to make a sale. And I would also challenge you that I know a number of your audience members are in the insurance business. Insurance is the toughest sale to make, in my opinion. Everybody knows somebody else who's doing it. You need to establish trust to get it. Everyone needs it, but nobody wants it. And so the challenge that you have is how can you make that trust communication so that somebody feels good enough about you to buy? Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the companies that you represent. So if you have a good brand and good television branding and solid social proof, you have a shot at it. But then it all boils down to the person. Because if I don't like you, if I don't believe you, if I don't have confidence in you, I'm never going to trust you. The insurance sale is based on trust, like all sales. They're based on, I trust you. And I think that there's a huge disconnect in the sales training process that doesn't go into the emotional aspect of being able to transfer a message. I had an insurance salesman in New Jersey for New York Life named Les Trayband. Les Trayband has passed away But we were friends for a long, long time. And he'd been trying to get me to buy insurance for a long, long time. And I kept saying no for a long, long time because I was young. And what do I need? But we both had the same banker. The guy's name was Frank Knox. And Frank Knox was kind of overweight, not obese, but hefty, thick. And one day, Les was knocking on my door and he said, can I come in? I go, sure. He walks in and he said, Frank Knox died last night. He had just purchased an additional $100,000 policy that will pay off his house, and his family is now safe because of the insurance that he had signed here, and I did. He became a believer in his own product. It wasn't the fact that he was trying to convey a story to me. He was conveying his belief to me, and it deepened by the fact that he saw what he sold worked
1: a so so
0: keep in mind now, this was in the late 60s. So $100,000 then is probably half a million dollars now. Sure. Yeah. Just keep the perspective there. But I think more important than that is the fact that every one of us has a belief system. And if you don't believe deeply in what it is that you're selling, then my advice would be get the hell out of there yeah. as fast as you possibly can. You got to believe you work for the greatest company in the world. You got to believe you offer the greatest products and services in the world. You got to believe you're the greatest person in the world. And you got to believe you can differentiate yourself from your competition, mm-hmm. not compare yourself to them. Cause when you compare, it's price. When you differentiate, it's value. You got to believe that the customer is better off having purchased from you and you can't believe it in your head. You have to believe it in your heart. Head is attached to price. Heart is attached to wallet. And if you jerk on the heartstring, string, the wallet comes popping right out of that back pocket. Mm. And people don't quite understand that. So I simply ask, how many of you have young children?
1: Yeah, I do.
0: People raise our hand. What's their closing ratio?
1: Almost 100%. Yeah,
0: exactly. So I would challenge you, take your kid on a sales call. It'll be a hell of a lot easier to make the sale.
1: That's so true. And they are ruthlessly persistent.
0: They're willing to take corporal punishment in the aisle of a grocery store to get a candy bar. (laughs)
1: It's so true. It's so true. It's painful. So, I have a question around what about for our sales teams? We bring someone on who's just graduated from college and they're 24, they come into the business. And so, they don't have the experience, they don't have the belief system yet. So, how do we, as sales managers, business owners, how do we install that belief system into? the people who just came in as new salespeople for us?
0: I have an unorthodox way, but I promise you it will work 100% of the time. Go to people who are already your customers. Sit down with your new guy and you and ask your customer why they purchased. Get 10 of those, put it on video, tell the kid to study it. And when he goes out to a prospective customer, all he has to do is say, would you like to know why the last 10 people bought from us
1: oh that's good that's good i like it
0: and that way there's no question the guy doesn't have to say well i'm kind of new and i don't really know shit but please listen to me and buy because i'm desperate yeah oh would you like to know why the last 10 people bought actually i would like to know that
1: i love it i think it's great i love the unorthodox approach as a matter of fact I don't know if you want to touch on this and kind of expand upon this a little bit, but I know you're going to be giving a talk here pretty soon. I think you're calling it do the opposite, do the opposite. Right. The opposite.
0: right. Yeah.
1: And you have this contrarian thought about things. Can you just speak to, because I think it I just made me think about that. I about the opposite.
0: My thoughts are not contrarian. My thoughts are accurate. It's the other people that are contrarian. Okay. They think you have to make a cold call to make a sale. Would you rather have a thousand cold calls or one referral? One referral. Of course, every time. So why are salespeople wasting their time making cold calls when they should be out earning relationships and friendships to get referrals? I don't understand that. Well, I cold called all day. Hey, moron, come here. Let me explain something to you. First of all, let me get this wet washcloth out and slap you on the face a couple of times. So you understand my three-word definition of cold calling is waste of time. 95 out of 100 people will either slam the phone down on you or be pissed off that you called. Out of the 100, maybe one will buy. That's not a good percentage. Hmm. Referrals are exactly the opposite. 95% of people will buy. 5% of people won't buy, usually because the salesperson screwed it up by being too aggressive. And so I'm going to ask anybody who does what I do. Why are you teaching someone how to cold call? Rejection is the single biggest reason that salespeople leave a job.
1: I totally agree with that.
0: Second biggest reason, bad boss. Third biggest reason doesn't matter because way more than 50% are rejection and bad boss.
1: So what are your thoughts around because we've had people on before and I've heard so many different angles about getting referrals. I had somebody on the other day, they referred to them as introductions. I would love to hear your thoughts around the proper way to get referrals and then the things that you've seen so many times and that you've heard from people that just do not work.
0: The best way to get a referral is give a referral. And most salespeople don't know how to do that. It requires work. And most salespeople will not do the hard work that it takes to make selling easy. Because if I give you a referral, you have a cosmic debt to me. I don't even have to say, well, but you appreciate appreciated if you gave me one. Hmm. You know, real estate agents who are somehow dumber than insurance agents, you buy a house for half a million dollars or $250,000, and you get a postcard from the real estate agent saying, I run my business on referrals, and I'd really appreciate. Like seriously, Hmm. how stupid can you be to send me a postcard without picking up the fucking phone and asking the person, "How's the new home? What's going on? Let me buy a lunch and make sure it's okay. I need a home tour." They're too stupid, and as a result of it, if you're an insurance guy and you sell me a policy and you call me up and say, "You know, I'd really appreciate a referral." I said, OK, great. Let me think about it. I'll call you. And then a week later, you call me back and say, hey, you know, I was wondering if you have thought of any referrals. I go, no, I haven't thought of any yet. I'll never take your call again. Ever. I'll never take your call again. Ever. So that's the challenge. Referrals are earned, not asked for.
1: Yeah, I like the word earned for sure. Whenever you said go out and earn relationships and earn referrals, I don't know. It just has a much different connotation, different meaning than just asking. I mean, the fact is you've got to do the work to get in to actually earn the referral. I think that's so true. I have
0: a question around. Not only that, there's a secret and I'll deliver the deep, dark secret. People say, well, I have a great relationship with my customers. That doesn't mean shit to me. I want to know if you have a friendship with those customers, because if you have a friendship that allows you to go over, have a beer, shoot the breeze, talk about family, talk about ball games, talk about why Auburn never wins at Alabama and the things that are near and dear to you, the things that evoke emotion, that's where you really have to be. And if the salesperson cannot do that, you have no business asking for a referral because you haven't earned one.
1: Yeah, that's so true.
0: Can I ask you about,
1: I guess, this idea of, I don't know how else to put it, managing inertia. And what I mean is there's competitors. You just mentioned insurance space is obviously littered with all kinds of competitors. But sometimes the thing that we're fighting in sales is just getting people to take action, getting people to respond to our emails, to answer the phone calls, even after we've had a conversation with them, just getting them to actually do things because we're on our phones, on social media, and we're, quote, everyone's busy. And so you end up having a good conversation with someone. You had somebody walk in or call in or whatever it was. Somehow you got a lead, and you ended up having a conversation with them. And for whatever reason, you didn't close it at the time. But then you just cannot get the person to get the ball in the end zone, so to speak. And so it's just
0: well, like... Just there's a lot of reasons for that. But I'm going to show you. There's a program called Dubb, dub dubb.com It's if you go to a dove.com slash Gittimer, they give you a deal. Uh, You can put in the show notes or whatever, but you leave somebody's place. And I'm going to try to do this for you right now. if I can. Hey, Bradley, it was really nice talking to you today. I know I promised you a couple of things. They're going to be in the email this afternoon by three o'clock. And I'm looking forward to having a coffee with you on Thursday. Now I'm going to upload this video and I can send it to you two minutes after I leave your office or leave your home. Oh, I like that. That starts the friendly process. Yes. Your, your kid is cute as hell. I really loved your car. The other day, I complimented a guy on his shirt, and I said, what size is that? Is that my nice? <laughs> And it's funny. I evoke a smile from them. They feel comfortable about it, and it works. It works every time. Mm. Not sometimes. It works every time. When this uploads, I'll see if I can send it to your text.
1: That'd be great. Yeah, yeah, I'd love that. I'd love that. look how
0: easy that is. Totally. If people go home and they feel like they have to send a thank you note and they're shitty writers, they have to send a follow-up email, and they're wondering what the subject line should be, Mm. this is instant.
1: The best use of money is to buy back your time, and one of the best ways to do that is with a virtual assistant. Rock solid virtual Assistance brings together top business leaders with exceptional virtual assistants to build successful relationship driven teams. The services they provide range from graphic design and marketing to executive admin assistance and everything in between. There are many virtual assistant companies on the market to choose from, but at RockSolid, their processes and passion for what they do place them at the very top of that list. Not only is their hiring process exceptional, which nets them the very best assistance, but they also provide superior support to their teams for the duration of your time with them. The matching process at RockSolid is unlike any other, and they have the track record to prove it. Their hands-on approach has proven to increase the success rate of their teams exponentially. So if you're looking to build a rock solid team for your business, reach out to Tracy and the team for a no pressure discovery call at rocksolidassistance.com. They value your success as if it were their own because it is. As you're sending that to me, you mentioned as like in just even that example is one of the big questions I wanted to ask you about is in-person appointments and virtual appointments. So everybody understands that in-person appointments, super valuable, the best, but it's really difficult to get people to come in the office and to meet with you in person. And so what are your thoughts about? Coffee. Agencies wanting to do that coffee. and
0: meet with people. Coffee. Everyone does coffee. That's true. Okay. Yeah. What do you take in your coffee? Yeah, cream. Why? You're like a girl or something?
1: <laughs> no, I just like creamer. I just like creamer, no sugar.
0: I, okay, hold on one second. second. Dove.com slash I just sent you the video. you have your phone there?
1: I do. Yeah.
0: And you have to decide how you want to handle a follow-up from a sales call. Because you <laughs> can do this on a virtual call or an in-person call. And I was coughing and the video shitty. But you know what? It's personal. And Absolutely. it's human. Yeah. It's totally human. Okay. So if you have a prospective customer... And you send them a box of their favorite coffee, K-Cup, 10 bucks, mm. and a mug that's fun. Sometimes all you need is a billion dollars. That's a $30 investment in a call. Now, yeah. the person gets the coffee and they get the mug. What are they going to do with that? They're going to use are it. Gonna show it. Are they going to show it to somebody else? They might. Yeah. Are they going to tell somebody else about it? For sure. Are they going to be on time for the appointment?
1: I would certainly give a better chance.
0: They already have guilt. They've already been surprised pleasantly. Go for it.
1: It almost like you said earlier about debt. I think you said cosmic debt to you.
0: Right, cosmic debt. It's out in the airway somewhere. Somebody feels like they owe you something. You don't mark it down. You don't ever have to mark it down like you owe me. I, I sent you that mug, remember? You never called me back you know what, dude, get over it. People are going to disappoint you. That's part of life. You probably all have ex-spouses to prove it. But I think that the bottom line is that there is an ability for you to create value. And that's how the sale is made, with value creation. And let's try to make it more personal, okay? I'm calling on an architect. There is one supreme book that every architect has read. It's called The Fountainhead. It's by Ayn Rand.
1: Yeah, I've heard of it.
0: Every architect has read it because it's all about architects and it's loosely based on Frank Lloyd Wright. So the opening line of that book is Howard Rourke Laughed and it's on mugs. You can find it. So if I send a guy a box of K-Cups and Howard Rourke Laughed, now this guy's going to know I know him. Yes. It's so deep.
1: I love that. I love that. She wrote, uh did you read the book? Which this huge book. Atlas Shrugged. Did you ever read that book? Yeah,
0: of course. Yeah. My favorite book of all time. Is it really? It changed my life. Yeah, it changed my life. I know, obviously, you love capital. A mug with coffee. There's a problem in this country. And the problem is salespeople want customers to do their crap for them. You well know in the insurance business, the customer never fills out the form, the insurance agent always fills out the form. That's a yeah. standard rule in insurance. Okay. Yeah. I'll get an email from somebody say, please make an appointment with me on my Calendly app. You know what my response is? Fuck you. Make it yourself. That's my candid response.
1: You've practiced it a few times.
0: Oh, my gosh. You have no idea. But the bottom line is that's what people do. That's what salespeople do. Please do your own work while I sit back and wait for you to make an appointment so I can sell you. No bueno.
1: I get that. I I'm get really the
0: message. If somebody famous sends me an email and says, hey, I really want to meet with you. Can you put a time on my calendar? Sure. But a sales guy? No, mm. not going to happen. I have no reason to. I'm not going. And then the salesperson, the lazy bastard, will go, the guy never put an appointment on my calendar and blame the customer. Like, hey, schmuck, it's not the customer's fault.
1: I do want to know what are some of the things that we need to know about selling virtually?
0: Let's look at each other's background right now. I'm relaxed. I'm at the beach. You can tell I'm a Patriot. You tell a lot of things about me by this phone call. I see that you're an Auburn fan because I recognize the logo on the football, probably a Cam Newton thing because it's your only fucking claim to fame in 100 years.
1: It is. And, it is. Well, no, we, no, no, no. Wait a minute now. We have Bo Jackson.
0: Okay. That was before most people were born. Yeah, well, he's still the
1: greatest athlete of all time.
0: I don't disagree with that, although Will Chamberlain comes pretty close. But you have your bookcase behind you, which shows you can read. And there's some other knickknacks there that it gives me the impression that you're okay. Your lighting is good. Your outfit is good. But how many people have you seen on a Zoom where their laptop is on a table? Yours is obviously elevated. Correct? Correct. Why is
1: that? Why is my table elevated? Because it hurts my back to sit.
0: I'll tell you this. Look, my computer is on this box of towels.
1: Yes, yes. Could be here. Yeah, not the same.
0: Come on. No bueno. So I want to make eye contact. The reason that virtual sales meetings go south is because the salesperson doesn't understand that it's their ambiance and background are just as important as the meeting itself. Mm. I don't need your closet door or your unmade bed. Yes. And even my position, like if I'm leaning forward, it's a much better look than if I'm not. So just little things like body positioning can make all the difference in the world. And the average salesperson has no concept of the value of that.
1: I think that's really valuable. I think that makes so much sense that we just don't think about those things.
0: Go buy this book. It's called. Yeah, I was going to ask you about it. Yes. There's as much in here about how you're perceived than there is about how to go on social media. And it's unbelievable to me, just unbelievable to me how many morons think they can just turn on their computer and be okay.
1: That's such a good point. I did not know. I mean, I had to learn all of those things about. Not just microphones, but camera positioning. I mean, even right now, technically, I have a little bit of a gap above my head of where I should be. I mean, technically, I should be more like well, that. It's
0: better than a gap between your ears.
1: Yeah, that's true. So that's true. That's true. You're fine there. Yeah, you're totally fine. There. So, but those little things, you're right, because it is about how you're perceived on camera. And we think that just totally. because it's virtual, like the camera shooting up your nostrils or something like that, I mean, Those things really, really do matter. And of course, there's, you know, pick up your book. And I know you talk about that because at the end of the day, it's still a human that you're connecting with and how
0: you're perceived is so important. And if I don't like how you look or where you are, I'm not going to trust you. Mm. Uh, It's a little noisy in here. I'm calling from a Starbucks. Dude, don't be doing that. Yeah. I know a sales guy operates out of his truck because he's on the road as a salesman. But when he calls a customer, he puts the American flag behind him, not his truck back window. That's smart. It works.
1: Yeah, I bet. So it
0: takes using your ingenuity and your creativity to be able to make it happen.
1: Honestly, you know what it goes to? The very first thing you said when you came on, details matter. Details Uh, matter.
0: I mean, for me, I'm ready to do business 24-7. Customers call me from all over the world. If I'm asleep, I fake like I'm awake. And- (laughs) I'm ready to write a deal. I'm ready to do a deal. Sure. And I'm anxious to do it because I know I can help. In my heart, I know I can help. That's everything.
1: I wanted to ask you about in person appointments. I wanted to, to ask you about being able to get people's attention. But probably the main question I wanted to ask you, I'm excited to get your thoughts on this because you've written, I mean, how many books have you written at this point? I was looking it up and preparing for this 17. interview. How many? 17? Man, yeah. that's awesome. I know. That's amazing. You and I can talk offline about how you've been able to produce that many bucks, but neither here nor there. I want to ask about closing. I want to ask about the moment that you ask for the sale, the moment that you finally give somebody the opportunity to say yes or no. This was last week. God knocks on my door, he's selling pest control. I have a, such a respect for the sales profession. So I let this guy go for 15 or 20 minutes, terrible sales pitch. Didn't ask me questions. I'm not going to get into that. We can unpack that another time. But I will give him credit for this. He did pitch and put it in front of me and give me an opportunity to say yes or no. That's one thing he did do well. Okay. so
0: well, He didn't do it very well because he didn't say yes. Well, that's true. So, okay. So here's the deal. If he would have handed you a little jar and said, do you know what this is? And you go, yeah, it's a buck. And I came to ask you how many of them are living in your house and you don't know it. So much better than what he did. Let me show you where bugs hide. Can I come in?
1: That would have been great. That would be been Let great. Let me
0: show you where bugs hide. Can I come in?
1: That was already been so much better than what he did. This is important for everybody to pick up. He spent 15 minutes telling me how they are so much better than Cook's Pest Control. Because he asked me, he said, who do you use? And I said, I think we use Cook's. And then everything from there was, here's how we're better than cooks. Right.
0: Actually, you don't shoot that guy. You shoot the guy that trained him. Right, right. But from a standpoint of gaining engagement on a cold call or closing a sale, it's not the close, it's the open. That guy had no prayer to close the sale because he started it wrong. So let's consider the open more important than the close.
1: Such a good point. So for our listening audience, how would you open in a conversation with someone, say about their insurance? How would you be different?
0: Everybody hates insurance, but Mr. Jones, everybody needs insurance. And what I found in my experience is that 74% of the people that have insurance have the wrong stuff. I don't know if I can help you, but if you show me what you have, maybe over a cup of coffee. If I think I can help you, I'll tell you. And if I don't think I can help you, I'll tell you that too. Is that fair enough? Of course it's fair enough. Fair enough is the best closing question in the world.
1: Oh, love that. Only one to
0: you. Now, where did I get the number 74% answer? I made it up, but it sounds good. And my goal is to get to, and I'll tell the customer that, but my goal is to get to them to help them. I'm there to help. If I can help you, that's cool. If I can't help you, I'll tell you.
1: Oh, that's so good. That's so So good. So
0: substitute the word sale for help. I'm there to help. Oh, well, that throws a different light on it. I need to help more customers to reach my help quota. My goal is to help 50 customers a month.
1: Oh, that's good.
0: I love it. And I've only helped 28 people so far, Mr. Jones. Who else do you know that might need help? I would
1: love to just go for two hours because there's just so much knowledge that you have around sales, and not even just sales, but human psychology and words. like It's sales, but it's human psychology and words. You just have such a gift of understanding that.
0: Thank you. Um, It comes from selling in New York City. You have no choice but to get the gift. You learn the gift,
1: period. But it's also just the reps you've put in over your lifetime. I mean, really.
0: Oh, that's true. But in order to do what we do, you need balls. Yeah sales balls. So if I got a a door slammed on me in Manhattan, I have no time for you. I would bang on the door again and go, did you mean no time today? Can I, is Tuesday all right? Can I come back on Tuesday? And about 30% of the time, the person would come back to the door smiling. The other 70% of the time, I heard expletives that I cannot repeat, even in an all men's drunken crowd. But if I hadn't had had no balls, I wouldn't have knocked twice. And I I would have taken it as a rejection instead of an opportunity to have some fun.
1: Yes. Just your mentality, though, at that point, but even your mentality to see it that way, because so many people, you mentioned it earlier, you said it earlier, rejection. Rejection kicks out 74% of the salespeople and they just
0: wither. Exactly. They wither and they go home and kick their dog or kick their cat. And blame it on the customer.
1: Yes. Yes. So true.
0: The guy didn't return my call. Why do you think that happened? Because the voicemail that you left them sucked. That's why. Yeah. Be better. So I firmly believe that if a salesperson will just do what they instinctively feel, that they'll be a hell of a lot better off than if they're trying to follow some script.
1: Just do what their gut and their or, instinct or is write saying. write your own
0: script. Hey, my grandmom had cancer and died and didn't have insurance. And that's what spurred me to get into the insurance business. I don't wonder if you have insurance. I'm sure you do. I wonder what kind and I wonder if you have enough. So if we could spend five minutes talking about that, I'd be ever so grateful. And my grandma would thank you.
1: It's okay to have a little fun on the sales calls, right? Put in a little humor and a little laughter. Jeffrey, I know people are gonna to wanna to reach out to you to be able to help them. Obviously, you can find all of your books on Amazon, et cetera. But where Just can
0: they go? me. Get dot me, and that'll take you to my coaching program. But if you really want to be involved, do that.
1: Get We'll make sure we put that and the dub in the show and yeah, notes.
0: If you're not using video in your sales process, strategies, tactics, follow up, follow through, you're a fool.
1: Mm. Love it. Jeffrey, hope to have you back on in the future.
0: Bradley, my pleasure.
1: All right, everyone. So I always try to give a few things that were my takeaways from my conversation with the guests that we had on. So number one, with Jeffrey, whenever he was talking about the belief system, and he gave the analogy of the guy with life insurance, who he actually believed in his product, I thought that that really stood out to me. Number two is getting referrals like just the discussion around getting referrals. And he said, if you're going to get, get one to give one. And even if sometimes you can't necessarily apply something directly, what is something that we can do to like take away the thinking behind that? So that stood out to me. Number three, I I've heard this before, maybe even heard it from him on his podcast. And it is the best close to you close to use is fair enough. And then number four The number one reason that salespeople don't succeed is because of rejection. And then number two is a bad boss, which obviously all of you are listening to this podcast so that we can become better leaders for our team. So those things that stood out to me, belief system, referral conversation, the best close. And then the number one reason salespeople don't work out is because of rejection. Every time that I have a guest, I always kind of think about our podcast sponsors who were just so grateful for it, to be able to have people like Jeffrey on. Since we were talking about sales, it made me think about the first thing that happens before you get to the point that you have a lead to be able to have a conversation with, and that's marketing. And whether we've had some guests on recently talking about the value of traditional advertising, but every one of them have said, it is still so important that you lean into digital marketing and having a presence online. That's exactly what DirectClicks, our partners at Clicks, are able to do with you, go to directclicksinc.com, directclicksinc.com. If you're not familiar with exactly how SEO works and you don't know whether or not you're getting the value out of the money you're spending, even if you're with another company right now, reach out to them and they can share with you how they're different. And then also, if you've wanted to be able to start having some warm leads coming to your sales team, for your sales team to be able to develop relationships with so that they can ultimately get referrals from some of those people go to directclicksinc.com and they can talk to you about how they're able to work with you on Google pay-per-click ads to be able to drive some really high quality leads into your insurance agency. Now one of our newest podcast sponsors is rock solid. And just before this interview with Jeffrey, I was texting with uh, or messaging on Voxer with Courtney, my executive assistant, who I got from Rock Solid. And we were talking about actually podcast sponsors. I am so terrible at managing my schedule. And honestly, truly, this podcast, all of these guests that we've been able to have on, I would not be able to do it if it wasn't for Courtney. And if I wasn't connected with Tracy and the team at Rock Solid, they're just truly so solid in what they do from making sure that they find really great, incredible assistants, whether you're looking for an executive assistant, an EA, like I have with Courtney, or if you're looking for somebody to help you on the creative side of your business. And I have Ellie on my team. So all of the actual production of the podcast, the emails that go out, the social media posts, et cetera, it's all because of the incredible team, but it's really because of the incredible team at rock solid that they were able to find such really, really good people and they want to connect great assistants with great clients like you. So make sure you go to rock solid Assistance. Even if you're just interested in possibly looking at bringing on an executive assistant, you've heard me say so often that uh, the best use of money is to be able to buy back your time. And that is so true. I really believe that one of the best ways to do that is with your team and getting things off of your plate that you shouldn't spend your time doing number one. And then number two, you're probably not very good at rocksolidassistance.com. I keep asking David to send over or I told David Peterson to send over some more of the testimonials and he just gets sending me so many of them, which I think is so great. Here's one from Brad. He says, Hey, it's been worth every minute and every dollar. Think about that. Your time is so much more valuable than money based on just what I said with rock solid, but it's worth every minute and every dollar. We don't always get through every recording, but this has provided invaluable right now training for my team. You know, that goes to show you like it's not theory or just ideas. It's actually implementation. It's things that you and your team can take away and go and implement right after the calls. And I think it's the ideas are everywhere, but implementation and execution are everything. So make sure that whenever you reach out to David, that you let him know that you heard about his coaching and consulting on the Club Capital Leadership Podcast, and you'll get your very first month entirely free. So you can try it out, take a test drive. I'm in the market for a new truck myself. And so I'm wanting to Test drive the new Ford F 150s or the new Tundras. Maybe somebody can give me some suggestions on which one I should get. I'm driving a Tundra now. So, anyway, I want to be able to test drive them. That's exactly what you'll be able to do with David and his team. So, go to coachbeatconsulting.com, get that first month free by mentioning the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. As always, we wouldn't be able to do this without our partners at Club Capital. Go to Club.capital, book a no obligation demo. Club Capital is the largest accounting, tax, and advisory firm for insurance agency owners in the country, and they're the largest for a reason, it's because of the quality of the service that they do. Being able to have really, really good numbers. I mean, you've heard me say before about having a school board and being able to read the dials in your business. Well, one of the best dials that you need to be able to read is your financials. And having strong financials, not just to have strong financials, not just look at them once a year, but to be able to really make good decisions off of that. If you're looking to hire someone, bring on another salesperson. We just talked, obviously, to Jeffrey about, you know, building, having a sales team and, and making sales. Well, you got to be able to recruit really great people. And so you want to be able to know, do you have the cash flow to be able to do that? What about marketing investment? Maybe it's a business development for you investing in your own development, say, with Coach B. Or maybe it's hiring, bringing on an executive assistant. You want to be able to know not just how is that going to affect production, but then how is that ultimately going to trick down and affect my financials? So go to club.capital. All right, everyone. This is a great episode. It was awesome to have Jeffrey on. I was excited to get him on. Love the fact he's just authentically himself. We're starting to put our podcast on YouTube. So make sure you go and subscribe to the Club Capital YouTube channel. We're going to start putting these on there because I know many of you maybe want to see the guest not necessarily me, but you may want to be able to see the guest. And if you prefer YouTube, we're starting to do that uh, this year. We're really excited about it. We appreciate your support of the podcast. Lead one.